Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colon of Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Teams Podcast channel. I am uh, a paralegal at the law offices of Smith and Hunter and your humble host, Pete Rogers. And I am joined this week by some of the guys. We have starter of the hashtag Please Stay Reggae Jean Page movement and working girl Jordan Smith, and admirer of the Mac Jones workout plan, the Ginger Woodsman, Nick Bodiford. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing good. Good, Pete. How are you? I am thrilled, you guys, because it was announced today that there will be a Sean Payton movie about him being such a good guy during his 2012 suspension, despite being suspended uh, for rewarding players for injuring other players. So, I mean, what what can we not say about how great this movie is going to be? With Kevin James, infamous for uh, being a terrific actor, playing uh, Sean Payton. Is that why he was trending on Twitter over the weekend? That, I was curious yeah. and i didn't look at it i believe that is why because kevin james is uh is sean payton in this in this 22 in this movie i think it's a netflix movie and it's called like home team or some shit like that is this for real yeah 100 for real because we all know that sean payton's story about being a disgraced coach for the 2012 season needs to be told <laughs> i've always said sean payton looks exactly like kevin james so that's like <laughs> I mean, A plus casting. casting. Yeah, yeah. Spot right on the nose there. Well done. Well done, Cassie. This feels like one of those things where Netflix, I don't know if they did this with uh, with Kevin James, but since they they signed Adam Sandler to like that five movie contract, and this feels like that thing where Kevin James has a similar contract and they're like, shit, we need to like finish up his contract. Let's just make a movie about Sean Payton. He kind of looks like Sean Payton. Let's just fabricate a narrative there so that we can uh, get out from under this contract. Nick is, is, Nick is currently reading the news and is absolutely flabbergasted. Uh, the movie will highlight Peyton's year and his journey with his son's team. This from CBS. Who the fuck cares? The film will, the film will go through a, ch- a change in perspective for the head, co- head coach where he learned even more about the sport despite running a team at a lower level. <laughs> so... Oh, this is what I was looking for. Happy Madison Productions, of course, by Adam Sandler, will be producing the film. I um, I got a lot of joy out of Adam Sandler movies when I was a young kid, when I was a young man, and um, as I grew to pay attention more about uh, who Adam Sandler is, I don't, I, I don't think I could be in a room with him. Um, re trying to rehype or or rehab the reputation image of a guy who yeah i that this makes sense i can see adam sandler doing this yeah as like the moral of the story is that he grew close with his son who was 12 yeah the the missed opportunity here was just pulling in the safty brothers and doing like an (laughs) uncut gem style movie of them trying to like bury the bounty gate story and it's just frenetic and actually somewhat interesting because that's the part i'm interested in is like what the whole like building was like when that was going down i could care less about what he learned from his son's football team that like obviously did not result into any sort of championships just some very weird Taysom hill packages from (laughs) sean payton so it's like not what i want I totally agree with you. If this was some sort of like dramatized, like, like what the, like HBO is doing a Lakers uh, Celtics series with, with oh, I'm all so kinds of, for that. <laughs> uh, that's going to be great. And like, that's the drama of that. I'm excited for that kind of drama. If you were, if you were doing this like gritty uh, 
anxiety driven movie about bounty gate and like covering it up and trying to let the NFL not find out or whatever. And Greg Williams is just like the star of the show. I don't know who would play him, but someone who just shouts obscenities constantly. David uh, Spade. Per- <laughs> just keeping it in the universe, you know? <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I love that casting. Uh, Yes, that would be a movie that I would actually watch. Uh, Sean Payton learning how to be a better person. Needless to say, watching this movie is getting put on the wheel of punishments as a potential uh, wheel bet punishment for for losing. Is you have to you have to watch this movie. They they're gonna. This is so fucked up. They're gonna portray this as like you know the times. We, this we always did this. We did this when we were in high school. It'll be like the opening fucking scene is the news breaking and Kevin James is just dismayed. And it's all about how he like had good intentions with this. And then he's going to form a stronger relationship with his son. And you know, he's going to close with like a fade as he marches back onto the field in the Superdome. And like he is chance to chance to chance. They'll be like, uh, what is What is it? Who, who dead said you're going to beat the that? States. That's going to be the chance as he walks on, as it fades to black. And then it's going to have titles to be like Sean Payton that led the new Orleans saints to a whatever. 10 and 13 record 10 13 is not a record but whatever anyways well now you, now so listeners don't need to watch the movie because we basically told you what happens uh and you're welcome for that because we've saved we've saved you from football. wasting whatever two hours of your life on it uh all right let's get into uh let's get into the show we got some nfl news to talk about so let's start there and let's start with uh, the sad news for me today uh cue up our sad music as julian edelman announced his retirement from the nfl uh he missed most of last year with a knee injury and there were reports coming out of new england that even when he was still on the patriots that he likely wouldn't play most of 2021 uh that he was probably going to be off and on with his knees uh the patriots released him today after a failed physical which was clearly leading to this retirement actually they did that because under this cba he can get an extra two million uh so bill belichick thinking of his players as a patriots fan myself i want to quickly give a salute to edelman who is one of the toughest sobs on the field uh he was a qb turned wide receiver who started as a punt returner even played corner for the patriots uh for a real brief second uh, but ultimately became one of the best receivers in Patriots history and as a special place in NFL history as the set with the second most catches and yards in NFL postseason uh, and one of the best catches in Super Bowl history along with Super Bowl MVP against the Rams. It sucks to see Edelman's career cut a little short due to injury, but hoping the very best for you, Jules, get healthy and enjoy retirement. It sucks that he was about to get popped for PEDs again, so he had to retire. <laughs> now we get to add the uh, is Julian Edel- and Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer debate along with the Eli Manning. So that's going to be exciting. That's going to fill my uh, waking moments. No, because that's not a debate. Well, neither is Eli Manning. <laughs> Nick agrees. So there you go, Jules. Right off into the sunset, good sir. Uh in NFL news that is pertaining to fantasy, the Bengals released Giovanni Bernard last week, and that was going to be a new segment alone itself. But then today he signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after the Bucs spent all offseason looking for a pass catching back. Personally, I'm a big fan. Jordan, what do you think about Gio seemingly taking over the pass catching gig in, in Tampa? Um, That's cool, I guess, if they want to telegraph exactly what they're going to do on any given play by having him be their third running back. Um, I think it says a little bit about what they think of Keyshawn Vaughn. I don't think he's really finding a role with the but team I thought right Bruce now. Arians and, assured us that he was going to break out this season. <laughs> Bruce Arians, once again, just <laughs> full of it. I can't wait for them to like draft Travis Etienne and just screw all of us God. in the fantasy community. That's, oh my God. It's on the horizon. I think it was Ian Harditz uh, on his his PFF podcast that compiled like one big uh, running back based quote from Bruce Arians like every, for every year he's been coaching oh and it's it's like it, it it fits in line with the like Keyshawn Vaughn is about to have a huge breakout and then the next week they do what they did here um, yeah I mean Brady 
it's interesting how how Fournette operated as the like pass catching backslash bell cow uh, or dual threat bell cow um, when the team with the two teams that he was on needed him to be that but like no one's pleased with the way that it turns out right like when John D. Filippo was in Jacksonville they did it now they did it here last year because you know Keyshawn Vaughn apparently uh, anyway you don't no one ever actually has a luxury pick that's not and it's you don't take a day one or day two running back because it's a luxury pick because you have it. No, no, you have to keep building a team. Anyway. Yeah. CEH bad call. Yeah. Uh, I think Gio, I, I said this on, on Twitter and it's, it's just that the fact that like between Giovanni Bernard being, uh, if he, if he really solidifies himself as that pass catching back for Tom Brady and Tom Brady and he get on the same wavelength with Leonard Fournette, with Ronald Jones, like all three of those guys are going to flash just enough fantasy like enticement that you're always going to be wanting a piece of the backfield, but never consistency uh, to actually for them to be reliable. And it's just going to, it's going to be a massive headache. And so ultimately I am going to try my best to stay away from it, but damn it. If, if, if like, there's only three preseason games this year, but if we in preseason or if like in the first couple of weeks, we see Tom Brady peppering Geo with targets. I'm gonna have a really hard time not uh not picking him up off waivers. All right, moving on in the news. Uh per Jay Glazer, James Conner is visiting the Arizona Cardinals, and while signing him might cap Chase Edmonds' fantasy value somewhat. I don't hate the move for Connor as he tries to stay healthy and get his career back on track. Nick, you're a fervent Chase Edmonds supporter. Uh, would Connor signing in Arizona dampen your Edmonds hype at all? Yeah, no, it did shit on it. I mean it- <laughs> That's sure. that's that's so much more of an established player that would come in and, and fight for touches than uh, what's not not uh, uh, you, you know Benjamin. Um, yeah, I mean right right now it's 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 Chase Edmonds' world, and uh, basically what we've been thinking is if they get through, they don't the the cards are missing uh, pick still this year from the DeAndre Hopkins trade. And so there was a certain, I don't remember what round it is. I think it was like the first like two rounds. Like if they get through that, then they just have this gulf of not, of not having any picks. And it was like, if they can, if, if, if Chase Edmonds can get through that uh, gulf or get to that precipice without them selecting a running back, then it's like, there is no real back here. Who's going to challenge for touches. Now there is. I think I'd still take Edmonds as the preferred back in the backfield because, and I love James Conner. I was so high on him last year, but I think he's, it's proven at this point that radiation therapy has damaged his body. And like, I think he, he had all the potential, all the talent in the world, but his, his, his body, he gets, he gets really banged up. Um, but that doesn't mean that he can't stay healthy at like 12 touches per game and sap a lot of Edmonds values. Yeah, I like James Conner as an additional weapon here at a reduced usage rate, like Nick said, because he wasn't getting that in Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know why Pittsburgh feels like they're not going to re-sign him because they are. They got Kalen Balazs, baby. Yeah, yeah, well, (laughs) there's that. But yeah, I mean, uh, this could be a a good one for Arizona because they, they could definitely use some of someone who can punch um, punch some opposing defenses in the mouth like James Conner can. Nick, which would you prefer if the Cardinals signed James Conner seemingly taking a rookie running back off of their draft plans or if they or them drafting a rookie running back in terms of your uh, Chase Edmonds hype? Uh, Conner. Yeah. That's what I feel. That's how I feel too, is that like we know that James Conner, he'll have a reduced role. He it's a terrible thing to think or to say, but like there's a good chance he'll probably miss a couple games due to some sort of injury. And so I do think that while his addition to the Cardinals backfield would obviously lessen what Chase Edmonds, the highs that Chase Edmonds could hit, I would much prefer them to sign to like commit to James Conner as their you know secondary back as opposed to spending a, a top two round capital on a on a rookie running back where you're like, oh shit, this is really going to eat into what Chase Edmonds could do. All right, finally in the news, uh, Jerry Jones is, quote, infatuated with tight end slash wide receiver slash offensive weapon Kyle Pitts in the draft, uh, which is a quasi area of need for the Cowboys. They could use a tight end. Uh, Jordan, would you be excited for Pitts to land in Dallas, or does the fantasy manager and you want the Cowboys to stop loading up on offense to the point where we have no idea who's going to uh, get all of the balls? 
Um, I think that the Cowboys need some help in a lot of other areas for them to actually be a functional football team. Um, they could use some guys on defense, obviously, and guys on the offensive line. If he goes to Dallas, that might be a little rich for me, especially for a first-year tight end, and especially with all the mouths they have to feed. Now, if they continue to treat defense like it's a secondary option for them right now, then that means they're going to have to score a lot of points and throw the ball around the field a lot. So that leaves a lot of availability for Kyle Pitts to catch the football. But I don't know. You can make an argument that C.D. Lamb, even though he was available, wasn't the choice for them last year because they already had a lot of good guys that could catch footballs. But adding Kyle Pitts to the mix kind of deflates a lot of other guys' value. We talked about this last offseason about how many targets were available once Jason Witten left, but I don't think we're, we'd have that same conversation this time around. Yeah, I, I think it'd be, I think Pitts would be an awesome addition to this. I mean, Gallup has like kind of fizzled out as a number three. He still, he, I think he can, he can perform his role admirably, but he fell drastically short of the expectations that I had for him last year. It's George chiming in. Um, Blake Jarwin, like he's all, all potential right now. Uh, Dalton Schultz produced at a surprisingly high rate despite being bad so uh, like they don't they don't have Jason Garrett there anymore who's going to try to force Kyle Pitts into being a blocking tight end I think that it would be a really good landing spot that said um I don't know I probably might still prefer Jamar Chase and just like have him their <laughs> receiving core go have seven nuclear. different million receivers <laughs> like 500 yeah. receivers from the throw to yeah, I don't, but I mean, I, I, I think that, that this would be, Pitts is like the most dependent guy uh, in this, in this top 10 area um, that, that is landing spot dependent. He has to go somewhere where the coach will not try to turn him into a blocker. They, uh, I think it was, I was, I think it was Matt Waldman who he, he made a few comparisons, but one like a potential wise was Kenny Galladay. And like, you got to treat him as like, this, yeah. he's, he's a pass catcher. Don't make him do anything else. You line him up at X, you line him up in the thought, like, you know, give him tight end reps, but we're not going to ask this guy to block any more than we would like CD lamb in that offense kind of a thing. Treat, you got to treat him like that. And I think that Dallas is, is a, a landing spot where that he, he could be used as such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he can block. Like, I mean, he's he's not like great at it, but he does show at least you know some excitement about it. I feel like he is he is very much the Travis Kelsey mold, where the Chiefs move Travis Kelsey all over the place, and they don't they're not like Travis Kelsey stay in line and block every day, you know, uh, a whole bunch. Whereas George Kittle, obviously, George Kittle is like that. George Kittle loves blocking, and and same with Gronk back in the day. So, I think that there's certainly. I think you're right, Nick. That there is Kyle Pitts has so much talent uh, physically. And, and just like also football wise. And we've seen that the tight end position is one where it does take a little bit of time for a player to like really kind of get into the swing of things. But Kyle Pitts is like not really a tight end. He's kind of that in between. And so if he goes to the right spot, uh, he could be a guy who does immediately contribute, which is rare for the tight end for the, you know, someone with that TE label on in fantasy. Uh, so the right spot would be a great, you know, obviously would boost him a lot. Even if he doesn't go to the quote unquote right spot, I still think he's going to, I mean, he's good enough that he's going to put together a really good career. It just might not, it might be more in the line of like what we've seen out of tight ends where it takes a couple of years for them to kind of really reach fantasy maturation uh, as opposed to him coming and hitting the ground running right off the bat. Would you agree if that's the case that it's not going to be that, that it's that he will break out on his second contract with a different franchise? Maybe. I, I think it, I think it could be something where, I'm trying to I'm trying to like mull over in my head where where would be like in the top 10 that wouldn't be the most ideal landing spot for him because mm-hmm. like like I wouldn't hate Carolina at eight like I think that would be a really good spot for him uh I'm trying to think who else who doesn't clearly need like Atlanta eh, like Atlanta I feel like they'd figure their shit out but I, I don't necessarily that that to me is not one where I'm like oh yeah Kyle Pitts is about to like put up massive rookie numbers in, in Atlanta, just because there's a lot of other people, including uh, uh, who's the tight end that's already there. Hurst. Hayden Hurst. Hurst. Yeah. Um, in the, 
in the top 10, Detroit's the worst landing spot for him. Oh, yes. 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 Perfect. Thank agree you, completely. That would be agree. awful. That would be awful. Because then they would do, they would try to do like the, you know, TJ Hawkinson is the, is the Gronk and yeah, yes, is, is the inline and, and use and use him pits as more of an outline, you know, offensive weapon. Yeah. I yeah. Not like Detroit. Him uh, there, there, and uh, uh, there's no room in Denver. And if, if he goes one outside of the top 10, if he goes to New York, I'm if he goes to the Giants, I'm losing my awful. mind. I, awful. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I fully agree with that, which hopefully with Jerry Jones saying that he's uber infatuated means that if he's there at 10, you know, JJ is going to pull the trigger and, uh, and he'll be, he'll be going to it, you know, which if he, if he made it past both the Cowboys and, uh, where did the Eagles pick? The Eagles traded back to 12. If he fell to the Eagles, I, I I would be on board with that, which is again, like Eagles, why did we trade six? Why not stay at six? Especially when you are in dire need of a pass catcher. Did you guys see the report that came out today from, I think it was Shield Capadia um, on like, so the, the quotes that I saw Sigmund Bloom tweeting out was like, every decision Doug Peterson made was ridiculed, like openly ridiculed within the organization uh, Jeff Lurie interfered and and uh, had the team draft J.J. Arcega Whiteside instead of Paris Campbell. Awesome. Um, Jeff Lurie apparently is ex- or uh, Roseman is extremely paranoid about people leaking things to the press and um, and I think also it was Lurie, which we've kind of learned already that he basically was like, no, get rid of Carson once. I want Jalen Hurts to be the quarterback. Um, that organization seems like it's becoming less and less of a place where we might want players to go. Whereas like two years ago, one year ago, it was still an enticing option. And now it's, I don't know. Yeah. It does seem like it's rather, uh, rather poisonous. I, I did see from, it, it was an athletic articles article and I don't subscribe to athletics. So I didn't read the whole thing in full, but I did see somebody tweet like Jeffrey Lurie was mad about an Eagles game that they won in Buffalo with like 25 mile per hour winds and he was mad that they didn't pass more and like (laughs) i'm like i get it like passing wins and you don't have to establish a run but when you can't throw the ball physically (laughs) and that is all of the news uh before we talk qb dynasty rankings let's take a quick ad break you ready showtime on May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, we are back. We are getting ever closer to the NFL draft. And while wide receivers are getting rightfully a bunch of pub, the highlight of this class to me is the quarterbacks, five of whom we could see go in the first 10 picks, certainly the top 15. And your boy hoping someone falls to the Patriots. Uh, And with the 49ers trading up to pick number three and being closely tied to Mac Jones and the Jets trading Sam Darnold and being closely tied to Sam Darnold 2.0, Zach Wilson, we might already know who the first three picks of the draft are and how they will play out. So Jordan has courageously offered up his QB dynasty rankings as the meat of today's show. So we'll go through those and see who he ranked where for dynasty. Uh, Jordan, give us your top five in whatever order you see so fit. Yeah, if you're in Dynasty Leagues with me right now, this is the part where you take your headphones off for a few minutes. Um, Mute and turn off. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, the first QB I have is Trevor Lawrence. Not really deviating from that. Not going to pull a Chris Sims. Um, Then followed by Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, and then Mac Jones. Um, I I will say it's a big caveat that these rankings – 
can and probably will change based on like what we just talked about with Kyle Pitts's situation. Um, I don't think that Mac Jones is a terrible quarterback just by rating him five. And if he does go to San Francisco, that definitely makes him more attractive in like rookie drafts or just regular draft boards. But I have fields and lands at two and three respectively, just because like the ceiling, like they, they've got some pretty high ceilings, I think in terms of what they can do athletically and, and both can spin it pretty well. So top five. Yeah. I think Mac Jones, I think starting from the bottom, Mac Jones at five, I can understand that because of the fact that he doesn't offer you that athletic profile, right? Uh, Trevor, even Trevor Lawrence, but like Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson also to a certain extent, but like Justin Fields and Trey Lance, especially those guys can, can run Lawrence as well. And they're going to get you rushing production production and, and probably rushing touchdowns, which obviously like we've seen outside of just people like Lamar and Kyler who, who do that to the extreme, but like Josh Allen is a Nick has him as his QB two this year uh, because of the fact that Josh Allen can chuck the ball over the field, get you 30 touchdowns passing, no problem. And also rush for, six to eight touchdowns. So I think Mac Jones being towards the bottom makes a ton of sense because of that. I, I would, I think I would flip Jones and Wilson Wilson. I haven't watched too much tape on him, but just from what I've read and from people who I, who, you know, are actual who do this, uh, you know, whole rookie scouting thing for a living and who I trust much more than myself. He does. He feels like a guy who is going to be, who's going to come into the league and probably try a lot, one too many risky throws. And since he's not no longer in college, won't get away with it. And so I could see some, him as someone who the turnover numbers kind of constantly lessen and dampen what exactly he's going to, you know, the highs that he's going to be, to be, uh, be able to reach. Whereas Mac Jones, like, if that is who the 49ers traded up for and are going to take at three, they are doing that because Kyle Shanahan is going to put Mac Jones will always have the right throw for Mac Jones to make and trusts Mac Jones to make that throw. So that's, I would swap those two guys, but I, I think ultimately Mac Jones being towards the back end of your rankings makes a ton of sense because he doesn't bring that physical uh, athletic attributes that you're that now have become present. Like that's what makes a top quarterback in fantasy. Yeah, I think we should dive into the breakdowns because I, I think I'm in lockstep with, with Jordan on his top five here. Let's just continue with the conversation and start at five and kind of work our way towards Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Or we could just start at Trevor Lawrence and knock him out of the way because he's just it, – it's easy. Like <laughs> yeah. the Jaguars should uh, – let's just start there. Let's knock it out of the way real quick. Trevor Lawrence is a very talented quarterback. Obviously, we've been hearing about him for like – three years now um he is a six foot six quarterback who's not a statue and can run like a gazelle uh his breakout age is just a hair under 20 so that's good for dynasty purposes if you um if you'd like to look at breakout age from player profiler and he can make all the throws there's not a thing i don't trust that trevor lawrence can't do he's going to I think come in and be a little bit better than Joe Burrow was last year, just based on his skill set. And um, yeah, even though he's in Jacksonville, I, th- I think he's going to be in a better situation than Burrow was last year with Cincinnati. Like Cincinnati was like entirely devoid of talent, whereas Jacksonville at least has some guys. Yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's the safest quarterback play here. Um, I, I think that. Uh, Maybe the next guy we talk about is potentially the highest ceiling guy overall in terms of like playmaking ability, that kind of a thing. But I, I think that um, what Lawrence could do just at, or what he appears to be able to do as a pure passer um, who's not going to get like steamrolled by edge rushers. He's big and, and he can he can move a little bit. Um, I Yeah, I think that we have a guy who could very reasonably like an 18 year starting quarterback in the NFL. He also feels like that that rookie who comes. Whereas other other quarterbacks who I think we'll talk about on on this list will be guys who come into a situation and that situation they will they will probably play maybe slightly a bit above their situation, but certainly their situation will have a big impact on how well they ultimately perform. Whereas like Trevor Lawrence, I think is going to come into Jacksonville and 
be the tide that raises all ships. Like we're going to see DJ Chark become back to more of what we saw and what two years ago. Uh, LaVisca Chanel is going to become more involved. Marvin Jones, we've talked about as a guy who could be a sneaky, fancy guy, given that he's a big red zone target now, who I basically would assume they're going to use it that sense that like of all of these five quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence feels the most, uh, uh, not reliant on situation, like the most scheme free, or there's an actual way to say it, but I'm, I'm not saying it. I, I think scheme he's proof. got the, the best chance at breaking the passing, the rookie passing touchdown record. I also wouldn't be surprised if he had a, uh, a Peyton Manning, like uh mm. TD to interception ratio, which is like, I think it was like 26 to 25 in his first yeah. year where they, he threw a ton of interceptions. It, and that's just more because like, Fields is going to make plays by just breaking ankles on the ground, whereas Lawrence is going to continue to stay in the pocket. And that's why you draft him at at number one, but it's also going to come with the downside of like what he can't do as compared to some of the others. Let's move on to Fields then. Jordan, what what had you put him at two? Um, I have Fields at two just because of his performance against really good college competition um, this past year. His, his breakout age is 20 and a half years old. So he's still pretty young there. And he's just a, he's a big quarterback and he's a quarterback that can run a, your mileage might vary with how these pro day forties have gone, but he's in the range of four, 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 five, 40 with a pretty solid, um, 10 yard and 20 yard split. Like he can actually get away from people and, like cornerbacks in the, at the next level might not want to get in his way either. Um, I, I think he's an excellent competitor. And if he goes to now, this is all pretty heavily situational dependent too. I think the 49ers should draft him at three. Um, if the jets Obviously. are tied to Zach Wilson, like the reports are saying, then I think that it would be most fun and most interesting for everybody. If, uh, Kyle Shanahan got his hands on a non Matt Ryan type quarterback. Um, but even if he goes to Atlanta at four, um, that's interesting to me, Detroit. I'm a little bit worried. Um, not because it's not just because it's Detroit and that's scary for any rookie, but because he also wouldn't start, like he would probably be benched until at least the bye week um, Carolina, there's competition there. Denver would be fun um, if you made it all the way to nine, but I like fields. Um, I, I don't necessarily agree with some of the things that are being said about him in terms of processing and not being able to read uh, smart minds have brought up that fields was in an offense there that was slow developing. Um, it took a while for the wide receivers to have their routes develop and PFF has Justin Fields graded as the highest quarterback in this class when yeah. moving off of his first read. So it's not a processing thing. It is a race thing um, that he's being judged differently than some of these other guys. So I, I still have him at two. Um, I think he's a gamer. Yeah. I, I agree with Nick too. What Nick had said when we were talking about Lawrence, Justin Fields to me seems like the guy who I think two is a totally valid spot for him. And I think that's probably ultimately where I would see him uh, ending up, especially if he went to a team like Denver or God, my absolute dream is he falls to 15 or Belichick gets hyper aggressive and moves up for him. But like, if he goes to a team where he's going to play, I think that that's, but he has the highest ceiling for me because of the fact that he can run the football because of the fact that like, I mean, we saw with Jalen hurts, Jalen hurts came in and through his, whatever, four games starting, like with teams without seeing video uh, tape on him, he was able to like take advantage both in the air and on the ground. If Justin Fields goes to a team that like, I mean, the Broncos are just ripe uh, for it because they have tons of pass catches there, tons of weapons for him to utilize and, uh, and just a really good offense that he just could plug in there and play uh, 49ers obviously would be beautiful. So I think Justin Fields, I personally, for me, he is the guy I am most excited uh, for fantasy wise among these rookie quarterbacks because of the fact that he just has this rushing upside that and playmaking ability that has me uh, very, very excited. And because there's a possibility he falls to the Patriots at 15 and we get him, and then the dynasty is back on. 
So yeah, I think I think Fields is the highest upside. Uh, well, actually, I think he's probably tied as being highest upside quarterback uh, in the draft with the with the number three guy, and that's purely because of the the way that he plays football. Um, as Jordan mentioned, he has moves in the open field. He is very fast, and he is big. He's six two, two twenty seven. I think is is uh, was like his. They ran a four four. Yeah, he's. He's bigger than a lot of running backs that uh, rather he's he's faster than most running backs who, who are that size. Um, he's a very good passer. I yeah, the the knocks on him don't seem to be uh, quite genuine. Um, and a, a, a team that I'm really starting to hope that he lands at is, is, is Denver. I'm really encouraged by the fact that they have basically kicked John Elway to the curb. He's now is reported to be operating in a, uh, a name only capacity. He's basically being paid to shut up now and, and not interfere with football operations. What I, I think is really good for the team. Um, I think I've also been a little too hard on Pat Shermer. I still think he's a donkey, but the way that he likes to throw downfield, I think I should probably give him more credit for. And that pass catching core is friggin' so nice. loaded. Yeah. Um, we already know what we get with Drew Locke, I think, at this point, and I don't see why Fields couldn't come in and compete during training camp for him. Or win Locke, instantly. Yeah, well, sure. Um, I think it no, I mean like all like a real competition, not yes. like they'll they're gonna duke it out and then he'll get a chance to steal during the season. I, I don't I wouldn't if they're actually taking uh Elway's sway out of the equation, then I think that that Justin Fields would would have a real shot. Um, at being the starting quarterback in week one. And that would make me feel very good about drafting uh, Broncos wide receivers. Um, a point about just the way that the, the first two picks in the draft are unfolding. Um, Mike LaFleur and, and Robert Sala are, they're months removed from being under San Francisco's employ. If we're talking, if, if, if it is totally out of the question that Justin Fields is, is not going to be drafted at number two. I don't know why we aren't more comfortable with the idea that, that the guy who just taught them how to yeah. be coaches also is not interested in Justin Fields at number three. I don't agree with that. I think that Fields should be the second quarterback off of the board, but I mean, just from a, a process standpoint, it makes sense that they wanted that, that, that Zach Wilson and Matt Jones would be the top uh, would be picks number two and three. I, and so that suddenly opens the possibility that Fields is going to fall. I, I think a lot of people are wondering if he will go to Atlanta at number four, but Arthur Smith apparently is saying he believes Matt Ryan has two or three more seasons in him and he doesn't want to draft a new quarterback. So I, there's, there's a real chance that like Fields makes it pretty far down the board. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be a competition between like whether or not he gets down to nine for the Broncos. If he makes it down to nine, the Broncos are taking him unless they're just idiots. But I think once it gets, to, if he makes it down to eight for Detroit, I I would like to think in my head that that's a spot where Belichick calls good old friends in uh, in Detroit and says, "Hey, let's let's make a deal and move up uh, move up there." Who who is Belichick's friend in Detroit? Isn't what's his name still there? Or Nick Casario? Nick Casario, I guess, is in Houston now, isn't he? Yeah, and Patricia's out of there. Yeah, Patricia's the, gone. The who is biter, Dan Campbell? Yeah. Well, Belichick doesn't have any more friends. Never mind. Terrible idea. Dan Campbell portrayed by Rob Schneider in the <laughs> Sean Payton movie. Um, let's move to your three guy, uh, Jordan, because Trey Lance is a guy who I think actually makes a ton of sense for Atlanta, given the fact that he could sit under Matt Ryan and then take over and do a Patrick Mahomes-esque thing. Yeah, um, I guess to add to the the discourse here on – whether Atlanta wants to draft a quarterback or not. I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion conclusion that the first three picks are going to be quarterback. And if Atlanta says no, then on a quarterback, I think that you'll have other teams that are likely going to jump up and try to get in front of Detroit. Um, I think everybody should like just help us with our fantasy QBs and get in front of Detroit. So they don't have one of don't draft one of the good ones. Um, Trey Lance, I, uh, there's not a lot of numbers on him from a um, from an output standpoint. Just playing in North Dakota State, it's kind of hard to evaluate small school guys. 
Um, he was in a pro style system though, and they do churn out a lot of NFL talent. So I don't think that should be discounted. Um, but they didn't play really this year. They played one game and it was probably very unfortunately Trey Lance's like worst college game of his career, um, which you don't like to see. But what I liked from his pro day that I saw in you shouldn't put a whole lot of stock in pro days, but he's working with um, Quincy Avery, who's a really good quarterback coach that I trust his um, ability to teach up guys who need just a little extra polish Um, at his pro day. Trey Lance was spinning it. Like he was putting balls where he needed to, he did exactly what he needed to do to show NFL scouts that he, you know, fixed some things with his mechanics, with his footwork that, um, you know, might've gone by the wayside, uh, just because he is a superior athlete and he can um, do a lot of things all over the field. I think Trey Lance, I have him at three from a fantasy standpoint because of the rushing upside. And I think that he can be maybe a little bit more valuable than Josh Allen in the early phases of Josh Allen's career before he started to put it together, just because I, Trey Lance is a another big boy who can run over linebackers and just gain yards with his feet and score you a bunch of rushing touchdowns. So depending on his situation, um, I think he'll, he'll need to be in a good spot where there's like a good offensive coordinator and a good QB coach to kind of bring him along um, much more so than like Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. But I, I think that he can be pretty productive in the right situation from the jump. Yeah, so I was reading through uh, Dane Brugler's uh, draft guide today, and the Trey Lance section just reminded me so much of Josh Allen as just a a big-bodied guy with a cannon, uh, sometimes an erratic cannon. And I think that he would have to go to – so he he and Fields, I think, are like the highest ceiling guys, and, and that's not a knock on Trevor Lawrence. I, let Lawrence could be like Peyton Manning and make me look like an idiot here. Um, but what he's able to do just from like – physically what he can do on the football field um, is yeah. Knock over a linebacker or break his ankles. Uh, in 2019, he totaled 1,100 rushing yards, 6.5 uh, yards per carry and 14 rushing touchdowns. Um, he also threw 28 interceptionless touchdowns. Um, he, he's a beast. And now, like you were saying, Jordan, his, his competition was not uh, top flight playing at North Dakota state, but, there's reason to believe that he is a, a highly promising prospect. Um, I think that not only would he need to go somewhere with a good coach and a, a good uh, quarterbacks coach, I think that he would need to go somewhere that operates like Buffalo did this uh, over the last two years where they bring in guys who can separate and don't try to do the like Kelvin Benjamin thing where, Oh, let's just give him like, a tower to throw at no like get him someone where he can see it and throw it um yeah receive small receivers that, that can separate i think would be good so basically they're going to need to build the team around him specifically which you know again that's like just as another pat on the back for trevor lawrence lawrence can deliver the ball to anybody that's why we like him he's he'll, he'll do that from the pocket whereas if you put trey lance in the um the jacksonville offense like Marvin Jones is not a good receiving weapon for Lance who's who can be erratic. And, and Marvin Jones is like a jump ball specialist. That's we don't want that. We want guys who can gain a bunch of distance downfield uh, away from the defender. So anyway, I, I, he and Herbert excite me more than anybody else, but I mean, I, I think Lawrence is going to be like phenomenal. So that's not enough. Yeah. Uh, if Trey Lance were to go to a team like, like I would say Atlanta or I'm trying to think of other, I mean, Atlanta makes is like the clear one in the top 10 where Matt Ryan, like maybe Matt Ryan, maybe they would bench uh, Matt Ryan for Trey Lance, but ultimately it seems like Trey Lance would have a red shirt rookie year where he would sit behind Matt Ryan. Would that like, obviously these rankings are done pre ultimate landing spot. Uh, would that bump up anyone over Lance for you, Jordan, because of that one year off? Or would you still just be like, no, 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 like you make the commitment to Trey Lance. He's going to come and he's going to be great. And I would much rather still rather him over like an extra year of Zach Wilson in, in uh, New York or Mac Jones in SF. From a dynasty perspective, I don't want to compare him to this player um, because that's like just a the absolute highest of ceilings. But th- this that would be like a Alex Smith 
Patrick Mahomes situation yeah. to me, like where you have this uber talented guy sitting behind a guy who's like productive. Sure. He can get the ball where it needs to go, but there's obviously a, a, a limited ceiling on that approach, especially at this point, in Matt Ryan's career. I think I would, I think I would wait on Trey Lance knowing that if he gets into the game at some point in the season after a bye week or something, or it gets in like Patrick Mahomes did for the last game or so at the year, I'm like, Oh, he's throwing to Calvin Ridley and Julio. And like, let's, let's go. Like he has the best weapons compared to like if Zach Wilson and New York or Mac Jones and San Francisco. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think I probably differ from you guys on this a little bit. I, I don't think um, if, if Trey Lance were to go to Atlanta and he gets in this year for Matt Ryan, that means something went very wrong with the coaching staff. As I yeah. just said, like Arthur Smith was excited to come to Atlanta for right. Matt Ryan. So then he like lost some sort of power struggle and that's not good for, unless Ryan not good for the early play. head coach tenure to be like, Oh, I've already lost in, in the power struggle. Right. Yeah. So that like this scenario, I, I don't think is going to unfold so smoothly where it's this like Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes comp thing. Like, I, I know I'm, I don't think I'm on board with that. Um, yeah. And I would like to see, I mean, like you guys said, like Ridley and Julio, that's phenomenal now. Julio right. though, I, I don't, he might have a pretty sharp drop off. Yeah, um, he might be he might be a guy who goes a la Calvin Johnson where retires sooner than you would expect just because of the physical toll. Um, I already said my piece uh, between Zach Wilson and Mac Jones at four and five. Nick, do you have anything to add at the bottom of the uh, of the dynasty rankings? Um, uh, I mean, do not not a whole lot to add for Zach Wilson. I think he's yeah, he's just another like kind of decently mobile but mostly pocket passing kind of It just of guy. seems to me so funny that the Jets are moving from Sam Darnold to maybe a slightly better Sam Darnold. Like it's yeah, it's it's a really similar it's it's a good comparison. Um I but I, I guess I can get it like I mean it's your guy, which from a process yeah, from a process perspective, you if if what they want is someone who's just going to like they're playing quarterback so to speak. Like yeah. they're the coaching staff is like they're telling him what to do and he's just gonna do it, then okay, great. But I don't understand why you wouldn't want to just be like, Hey Mr. Justin Field, will you mostly listen to us? And then if the play breaks down, do something amazing. <laughs> like I don't know, do that instead. Hey, that Mr. Make Justin sense. Fields. He's her, please. Mac Jones, um, I've brought it up again and again. Like he's an out he was dreadfully out of shape playing for the best team in the nation. If, if that wasn't enough motivation for him to take football seriously, I don't know what is. And I, the guy got like a, a Dewey when he was a red shirt player and he got popped for having a fake driver's license, like in the prize. Like, are, are you kidding? If there's someone who has commitment questions and I feel like serious, does this guy love football, which is something that I personally don't care about on a player's perspective. You do or don't love football. I don't care. Get paid. Screw the NFL. But like, if you're drafting him at three, I don't know. I, I don't like it. Now that said, if he goes to, if, if Mac Jones goes to San Francisco, do I want him? Would I draft him like this year late? Yeah. Next yeah. year. Definitely. Because if it works, he's extremely high floor, and he's going to have monster performances buoyed by like Debo Samuel, uh, Ayuk, and Kittle. Yeah. Jordan, give us um, the last word on your rankings. I have Zach Wilson at four. I, I think if if like Trey Lance goes to Detroit or a team that I don't like the situation, then I can bump Zach Wilson above uh, above Trey to number three. I'm. I'm worried about the Jets still. I know they have, they've hired a new coaching staff, which sounds really promising, but I'm still just a little bit worried because they are the Jets. Um, Zach Wilson is a little bit undersized. Uh, he did play behind like five absolute bouncers at BYU against lesser competition. Like nobody was getting in the club past those bouncers. They're, they were phenomenal, phenomenal in pass protection. And he was still like, doing some weird things in the pocket, making throws more difficult than he had to. Um, so that like 
I don't know, him progressing through his reads should be a little bit more under the microscope than I think Justin Fields. And uh, Zach Wilson, I think his his floor could end up being Johnny Manziel, but I think his ceiling might be up past Baker Mayfield, just in like the, if we're going to have a gunslinger who's going to go yep. back there and do some crazy shit, like that's going to be our guy. And I, we touched on this before. Zach Wilson, is he could throw a lot of touchdowns. He could rush for some, but I think in his first year or two, he's probably going to throw some to the other team. Um, Mac Jones, I don't have much more to say about Mac Jones other than if he goes to San Francisco, then that's good for him. Um, or I forgot to mention Zach Wilson's breakout age is 19.1, which is kind of sexy. Um, Mac Jones's, however, is 22, which is not <laughs> what you want. <laughs> um, he's just, I don't know. He's, he played behind a good offensive line too, and had the best weapons of the country. Uh, he benefited a lot from being in Alabama system. Uh, anybody who's saying, when has Ohio state produced an elite quarterback? Uh, when has Alabama produced an elite quarterback? Who's not Joe Namath. Um, Mac Jones's relative athletic score is 7.19 and his 10 yard split was like very terrible. It was poor. So he's not like getting away from anyone. Like I get it. He can move around in the pocket and avoid people really well, like Tom Brady, but that's, Still, we like, haven't even we didn't good... even really see that in Alabama because no one got past that line. Like it was just he was just standing there knitting sweaters and then would throw on dot and he was getting the ball out quick because that's just how the offense is you know structured. I mean, that's a good skill to have for a running back fi- or for a quarterback 15 years ago. But for my fantasy running backs, I want them to get like at least 600 rushing yards, maybe. Uh, if if I wanted to want them to be like the top tier of quarterbacks i don't think mac jones is going to get there i think he'll be a steady like maybe slip under the top 20 in fantasy like get into the 17 range qb 17 but i don't think he blows the doors off of anything else all right well that is all we have for you on today's show uh make sure you subscribe to the fake teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts itunes spotify stitcher that's how you'll not only get us but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy basketball shows make sure you follow us on twitter at rb1 podcast you can follow myself at pnm rogers follow jordan at jordan underscore smith 27 and nick at ginger underscore underscore nick without a k we will be back at you next week until then peace